The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue View as we are recapping day two of the NFL draft for the New York Giants. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum as we reacted to day one, the first-round pick of Kadarius Toney. We are now giving our thoughts on the two recent picks by the New York Giants, that being Aziz Ojolari and Aaron Robinson. Before we get to that, though, folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, head to BigBlueView.com for more fantastic analysis surrounding the Giants and the NFL draft. So yesterday, we have this immaculate trade that nets the Giants a first-round pick in order for the Chicago Bears to get Justin Fields. That gives them, eventually, Kadarius Toney. But the Giants decide to start today off with another trade. In some quasi-backwards world, Dave Gettleman decides to go in the complete opposite direction that we've seen in his time in New York that he traded twice, actually three times today, in order to make moves for players. So the first move that happens here is uh, the one at the top of the second round. The Dolphins moved up and they received a 2022 third-round pick. That moved the Giants from 42 all the way to 50 and they were still able to get Aziz Ojolari. But Chris, it's almost comical at this point that we never see the trade back from Dave Gettleman, and he decides to go twice in this draft, trading back within the first two picks. Yeah, and it's not just his time with the Giants. He didn't do it at all in his time with the Carolina Panthers either. And you know, trading back just is not in the Giants' DNA. The last time they did it was with uh, moving back and selecting Matthias Kiwanuka. Yeah, all the way back in 2006. So this has been, we'll just say, a very odd draft, at least for that perspective. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are, are very abnormal about this draft. And the one that seemed to be so unexpected is Azizo Jolari, the pass rusher out of Georgia, sliding to the New York Giants at that 50th pick. And I was joking on the live stream that I was doing during the draft had the Giants selected Ojolari in the first round and Kadarius Tony at 50 in the second round, I don't think I would have been as upset. But 
somehow they managed to flop the picks that I think most people expected, and they still land with both both players. So regardless of where they took them, they end up with Aziz Ojolari. And frankly, I'm excited about this. The reason for him sliding was apparent red flags related to his knee. Ojolari ended up saying he didn't think there were any concerns with the knee. He's perfectly fine. Hopefully, what Ojolari has to say is completely right, and this was just simply an overthinking of Ojolari's um, draft stock and his and his potential. But the guy's athletic. He fits perfectly with what the Giants want in a pass rusher. He'll get to play alongside Lorenzo Carter, the other former Georgia Georgia pass rusher. He's going to be a stand-up guy. He's going to play a little bit outside linebacker to an extent. But I think plugging him into this Patrick Graham defense, I'm excited to see because, again, this is somebody who I thought was even worth taking at the 11th overall pick, and now he's going to be suiting up for the Big Blue. Yeah, yeah. the the knee, I think, has to be a concern, at least long-term. You know, we, we don't really know what's going on. As you said, Tony Pauline, he reported multiple... Teams had multiple teams had red flags on that knee, and you know, he tore his ACL as a senior in high school, and it required two procedures basically to get stitched back up completely. He had to redshirt his freshman year at Georgia. He has played every game since then. I think the concern, and I this is just my guess. I think my I think the concern might be just the long-term prognosis of that knee, whether or not arthritis or any kind of uh, degenerative issues could be in play. But for right now, he is athletic. He is explosive. He is versatile. He can line up on the left and right side. He can play from a with his hand in the dirt or the small rubber pellets, as the case may be. And, or he can rush from a two-point stance. He can drop into shallow coverage. He is 20 years old, so he's very young. He can still grow and develop, and he does still need a little bit of growth and development. He can get better getting off of blocks, and he really does need to develop an arsenal of pass rush moves. Right now, it's just him being a high-effort, explosive player. He just needs to get better at setting up blockers and really using technique to beat them. But those are things you can improve with coaching. Right. And him having the time to develop and grow, I think, is going to only help him. You mentioned how he's an explosive athlete, which part of the reason why I'm not too concerned about those knee issues, if he was able to still be explosive after an injury that was early on in his career at Georgia. And the description that you provided, I think, is very similar to Caleb on Chazon last year, who didn't necessarily have a wide range of pass rush moves, but was so athletic and was able to make some talented guys look silly, Andrew Thomas being one of them. Uh, Aziz Ojolari is going to be a, a really, really nice piece to this pass rush. And I, I'm, again, as I said, very excited about this pick. Now, Chris, the pick that I am not excited about, and I think the one I am the most upset about, trying not to, to show my fandom too much, but I, I, this one here really was perplexing. We talked about the Kadarius Tony one being a little bit odd, but this one, Aaron Robinson in the third round with guys like Quinn Miners still on the board, uh, some other interior offensive linemen, which is yet to be addressed. They decide to draft Aaron Robinson, the corner out of UCF. And frankly, this doesn't make any sense to me for the, the specific reason why I was confused by Kadarius Tony. A lot of money was spent to address the corner position in free agency. They went and signed Dory Jackson. You already have James Bradbury as an established starting 
elite corner, and then Darnay Holmes looked pretty good in his first year playing in the slot. I just don't see where Aaron Robinson is going to get into this rotation. Why would you draft a guy like this in the third round when you probably could have, one, waited to select him, and then, two, he's not going to play? It, it, why would you select a depth player in the third round? That is what is really, really hurting me here and why he is uh, the pick that they selected. Well, obviously, it's because he went to Alabama. That's where his college career started, you know, before he transferred to Central Florida. But, yeah, no, I this was a – I'll definitely say surprising pick. I think the the rationale for it, is that he has a better ability to play man coverage. And we saw that stretch of games where the Giants were kind of locked into playing zone coverages. And once once offenses more or less got a feel for what their coverage rotations looked like, they could scheme in those zone beaters where they were they were just hitting those every single play and there wasn't really much of anything the defense could do about it. They couldn't get a pass rush. Uh, offenses were able to stay on the field, move the ball and come away with points. I think the thinking is that Robinson would give the giants just a little bit more man coverage ability and it, the ability to mix coverages and man up in the middle of the field. Uh, yeah. When I was watching him on tape, I really wasn't sure what to make of him, whether he was a cornerback, a slot defender, or maybe even a potential safety convert. But I will say this, he, he at least has really good straight line speed. <laughs> right. And when this pick came off the board, the, the live stream that I was participating in was uh, with Mav Sports Take, which is hosted by a former NFL scout, David Turner. And he actually scouted under Dave Gettleman for a very long time. And he, he immediately said this just doesn't make any sense because he is not the typical corner that you'd see that fits the uh, Dave Gettleman mold that he likes to go after. He, he was very confused. Some of the things that he was saying that this is a guy who has uh, a lot of penalty concerns. He likes to hold. Don't be surprised if there is uh, a, a lot of holding penalties coming his way. But he was saying that if they were going to go corner, why didn't they take Benjamin St. Juice, who ended up in Washington, or Ifeitu Melonfanu? I think either of those guys would have more fit the mold of what Dave Gettleman likes in his corners, uh, especially for an outside corner. Yeah, I, I was thinking the exact same thing myself. Uh, Aaron Robinson does not have great length. I think he only has, uh, he's 5'11, he only has. Uh, 30 inch arms. And that was actually one of the things Patrick Graham put as a check mark in things he likes to look for for cornerbacks is, you know, good size, good length. And, you know, St. Just, he's 6'3 with uh, 32 and 5 eighths inch arms. So just a little over 32 and a half inch arms. He is significantly longer than Aaron Robinson. And not that much less athletic, you know, all told, you know, when you consider long speed and movement skills and the fact that he's 20 pounds heavier. Yeah, th this is either going to be one of those picks where we're saying to ourselves, why did Dave Gettleman take this guy and he doesn't do anything? Or why did we doubt Dave Gettleman and he ends up being a really good player? I'm going to be monitoring this one because, again, very frustrated by this selection. I'm hoping that Dave Gettleman proves me, proves me wrong as he's actually done very frequently over the past few drafts. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the best available guys coming up on day three. Before we do that, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So Chris, it's not like when we were coming into day two where there were a ton of possible first-round guys still on the board like Ojolari and Jock, but in this situation, there's still some quality players that are available for the Giants to select. And I think one thing that stands out to me is the need of interior offensive line. And you highlighted here Deontay Brown and Trey Smith. And I'd have to think if they passed on both of those guys in the third round, one of them has to be highly considered when the Giants are picking at the top of the fourth. Yes, absolutely. Like I think the Giants might have been thinking that some of the interior offensive linemen would slip towards the end of the third round. We saw a run on him. We saw, uh, well, at the end of the second round, we saw Creed Humphrey go. Uh, we saw Quinn Miners go in the third round. We saw, yeah, we saw uh, Ben Cleveland, Wyatt Davis, Kendrick Green, all of these guys going, you know, pretty much right after the Giants picked. And so the that well of interior offensive linemen dried up pretty quick. So it's it's really pretty much left to Deontay Brown and Trey Smith as the last, you know, really kind of notable, potentially high quality interior offensive lineman on the board. And, you know, that Alabama you know, connection is still definitely there with Deontay Brown. Yeah, yeah. And I would really be curious to see if they do decide to maybe go offensive line here. That has to be something that needs to be addressed at this point because it, we talked highly of, of how there needs to be some interior guys brought into this team. Running back has been discussed. Uh, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell still on the board. And then also defensive tackle, I think, is the, the other remaining pressing need of adding that zero technique. And you've highlighted here Tyler Shelvin and Marvin Wilson, I think, would be really, really nice to slot in there at that zero technique spot to replace Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, Tyler Shelvin. That dude is just enormous. Yeah, there have been some, I I guess, questions about him, his work ethic, things like that. I can't really speak to any of that. I honestly wouldn't have been terribly surprised to see the Giants select him in the second round, depending on how the first round (laughs) went. So, yeah, I think he kind of has to be on our radar in the fourth round. Also, the Two defensive tackles from USC are still on the board. Uh, Marlon Tuipolotu and J2 Fell. Both of those guys can be disruptive. And Dave Gettleman did say the theme of the second day was 
adding to their defense. It'll be interesting to see if they keep that up in day three. That would honestly make so much sense to me if they go defensive tackle and if they also go running back two positions that they didn't necessarily need to attack, but there's players on the board. There are positions that it doesn't hurt to add some depth. So pay attention to both of those. At least one of them, I think, will be addressed sometime on day three. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We will be providing instant analysis like we did on the previous show and on today's show for day three. So make sure you stay tuned for that by hitting that subscribe button. Also, leave us a five-star review and head to BigBlueView.com for more updates on the NFL Draft. Thank you, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.